Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. What's going on? Jermaine Johnson tuning in to Turn On The Jets podcast. Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune into the Turn On The Jets podcast. Everybody, welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson at WillPaw11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Another episode this week. Make sure to catch last week's episodes with John Franklin Myers, Brad Spielberger, and Vinny Pasquantino. Another exciting episode is camps. Uh, camps like three or four days away here from uh, from the Jets finally getting back into football. The Yankees ruined my entire weekend, so we're excited to uh, excited to talk a little bit more ball. Jets, uh, former All-Pro punter, back with the Jets now uh, for another second go-round. Thomas Morstead. Thomas, how are we doing today, man? Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Of course. I'm happy to have you on. We always like to, we always like the specialist on the pod. Justin Hardy uh, came on, did a great job. So we might as well, might as well keep the train rolling here. Um, Love it. Obviously, you know, initially, how's the offseason been? You know, are you excited to kind of get back and roll in here and uh, get a second, uh, second go-round here in New York? Yeah, it's been great. Um, enjoyed getting up here for OTAs. Um, you know, getting work with Thomas and Greg, and um, you know, just getting familiar with everybody again. All that time really matters. Um, and uh, but yeah, it's been a nice break this summer. Just went on vacation with the family, and um, you know, recharged the batteries a little bit, but. You know, yeah, it's you're, like, you're getting, you know, you're getting up there in your career, man. You're in, you're in year. What are you in year? 14, 14, 13, 15, 15. All right. My uh, math's not, my math's not my best skill set. That's all right. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty crazy how time flies. And, um, you know, I think Kevin, Kevin Huber just announced he's retiring. Uh, who's in my draft class. So I think that makes me the oldest punter in the league now. I need to go. Right, there we go. We're going to, we're going to go, keep, need to go check on that. Still kicking, still kicking bombs um you know obviously everything like that i want i was kind of curious obviously you know we'll talk a little bit about kind of this year and, and things of that nature you go back obviously you've been a part of a super bowl winning you've been in contenders you've been a part of the super you know you've won a super bowl like you've you've seen kind of seen it all what is there a different level of expectation coming into a camp knowing this team's got a chance to do something special do you get a little bit more fired up do you feel a difference going into a camp where you're like this team's got a shot versus maybe being in a rebuild or a team that like everything has to go right to make the playoffs. Um, yeah, I think experience wise, you know, I definitely think of like tempering expectations. Uh, not, not, I wouldn't, I'm not saying that to fans, but more from the standpoint of um, ourselves, 
you know, there's nothing better than being a, you know, um, some, a, te- a team that's expected to do great with an underdog mentality, right? So you just have to guard against that. Obviously, you know, there's some things that have happened this offseason, different additions, uh, and bits and pieces from last year's team where there's some legitimate excitement and expectation, but none of that really matters. Um, I've been on teams that I thought we were going to be awesome and we weren't. So I think we just collectively inside the building have to temper that and, um, you know, and, you know, just kind of lay our own foundation this year and develop our own identity. You still got to go through all this, the, the processes to, to get to the top of the mountain. You know, you don't like, you don't like get dropped off a thousand feet from the summit and, and do it right. You got to start up from scratch and think of everybody has that sort of mentality um, you know, we'll have a shot to maximize whatever we can be. Yeah, no, I'm I'm on the same page here. I think at the end of the day, like there's a lot of expectations, but you want that. You want to go into a year knowing people think you think you're gonna be good and internally feeling like you guys have a shot. Uh, you know, going into it. You obviously, you know, you kind of mentioned, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers coming in and a little different situation than last time you're here. I'm not gonna, you know, we're not gonna harp on that, but obviously the expectations are a little different. The quarterback room looks a little different you know, playing with your breeze for a long time. You know, you play with Aaron Rodgers. What's that like having that kind of superstar quarterback in the building? Obviously you've been, you know, been on some teams where maybe it's a guy trying to prove himself or a young guy. How is different is it having that proven veteran, um, you know, a quarterback as, as a roster? Is that, there's just a comfortability it provides the, the rest of the roster? No, I would say it doesn't provide you comfortability. I would say the opposite. I would say that, um, you know, all the pieces that it takes to be great, um, you know, if the, the stakes are higher, I guess the best way to say it, right? You know, you know, if, it, if you think that there's a chance to take things as far as they can go, um, the stakes are even higher for everybody. So I would say there's less comfort. Um, there's going to be more of a, uh, a heightened expectation for each individual with, with regards to how they do their job and complementing complimenting the, the teammates that they have to compliment for all for all of us to be successful um you know I, I look at you know the year we won the super bowl in new orleans um you know there's a lot of great special teams play that happened that year and uh, i think against the vikings we forced five or six turnovers in the nfc championship game so it's not just you know you need your quarterback to play great but but you need everybody to play great and uh, I know in, you know, when Green Bay won their Super Bowl, their NFC Championship game, you know, special teams performance against Devin Hester was like insane. Like it was so good. So at the end of the day, if we want to get to where we want to go, like, you know, not, not one player or, you know, person is going to, you know, magically get us there. Um, it's going to take everybody feeling like their job is going to be the difference in each game. And as the season goes along, I think if everybody prepares the right way and, and is, um, you know, has that sort of mentality, then, you know, the, the, the breaks will go our way, you know, yeah. the l- luck favors the exceptionally well-prepared. So hopefully that's what we'll be. Yeah, no, I'm on the same page as you. I want to ask you about two guys who have had incredibly high praise for you when they've either been on my show or been on, you know, talked about Justin Hardy, obviously, who's on the Jets now. You know, you were with him in New Orleans. You've obviously been with him here. Uh, you'd be with him here in the Jets. And then Mike Westoff, who, like, nonstop, he's on that pod. He's like, the Jets really fucked up. I can't believe they let Thomas go. And 
and all that different type of stuff, obviously, you know, being back now and it's pretty cool. Mike's actually coaching again, which is, which is great to see. Obviously yeah, it's what we'll, he does we'll, best. We'll see. We'll see them week five. Yeah. I got that. I'm, I got that circled. I was talking a lot of trash to him uh, over text. So I'm sure that'll, you got to back it up for you, but uh, what's it like, what's it like getting kind of either teammates and other coaches? Is that something that you allow yourself to kind of step back? You know, you know, you're in, in your 15, you've accomplished a lot. Is that something you're allowed to, you can step back and say like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Like guys that are, Pro Bowl, all pro level players and coaches that are guys that, you know, Mike Westoff's is renowned as a special teams guys you're going to find have that much high praise for you. Uh, it means a lot. You know, it's, um, you know, I think every player as their career goes, you know, if you'd ask them, what would they value that you can't quantify? And I would just say, if you had the utmost respect from guys that you played with or worked with, um, whether that's how you treat them, uh, the expectation as far as the bar that's been set, you know, all those things. And I think that, that, that respect and admiration from guys that are the best in the business at what they do, that means more than almost anything really, because those are the things that, you know, all pros dissipate, guys retire, life goes on, but those relationships that you build and you do special things with those people, uh, you know, the, the punt team we had in 2017 and 2018 in New Orleans with me and, and Mike Westoff and, and Justin Hardy was, was about as damn good as you'll ever see. We were dominant. And so, um, you know, we get to hold on to that. We all did that together. And it doesn't mean we're not trying to do something even more special moving forward, but it's, uh, it's uh, definitely something you can look back on with a sense of pride. Yeah, no, I know you. I pretty much know you're how you're going to answer this because you're you seem like a uh -oh. self. You seem like a selfless guy. Punt return gets returned for a touchdown. You put that on yourself every time, or is it like you like? Because everyone's going to blame the a natural person would say, "Oh, this guy missed the tackle or whatever." There's a lot more to it, you know. If a punt doesn't have hang time, if you don't place it in the right spot, if you have a you know a certain thing, like do you blame yourself yeah. if any time gets you know what four out back? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you know you could blame anybody for any error on the play. Right. So you could, I guess you could put an algorithm algorithm together and figure out who, who had the most blame. But at the end of the day, right. It's like a kickoff that's, that's returned for touchdown. I mean, if the kicker kicks it far enough, there's no play, right. Or if a punter punts the ball out of bounds, doesn't matter what the hang time is. doesn't matter what anybody else did on the field. The play's over. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's a share of blame that can go into anything. And, and, you know, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's already happened. You've got to assess, you know, what was being asked of everybody. Are they doing that job the way they've been asked? And if they are, you know, every now and then you get your butt kicked. That's just, yeah. I mean, those guys <laughs> get paid too. Yeah. Just the way it goes. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's a balance with all that. I think great players always look to themselves first and say, what could I have done better? I don't know if that's a way of saying assigning blame, but it's, um, you know, I think the great players, they, they, they immediately look to themselves and they figure out, all right, what did I do wrong? What, or what wasn't as good as it could have been. And there's always something that, there's always some fat to trim off that, off that meat, you know? So, yeah. um, so yeah, that's how I'd look at it. Yeah. Given, given your gunners a chance to go out and make a play is obviously always kind of, you know, crucial and, and everything like that. Obviously, probably, I would assume for you, probably the most prideful moment of your career, you know, onside kick in the Super Bowl. Did you, A, I'm sure you've talked about this a million times, A, did you, like, were you nervous at all? Like, this is a huge moment in the game. Like, this could swing, you know, swing our chance to go in a Super Bowl. Obviously, it did. 
or were you just like, I've done this a million times. I've practiced this my entire life. Like we're going to nail this. No, that would have been a lie if I'd have said that because I had not done it a million <laughs> times. Uh, I'd practiced a bunch the weeks leading up to the to the game, but uh, you know, I was a rookie. I was kicking off for the first time ever. I never kicked off in college, uh, so I'd never hit an onside kick in a game, especially surprise. And uh, so, yeah, everything about it was new. And uh, if there's one thing I'm not good at, it's lying. Not good at lying to myself. Not good at lying to other people. So um, I went the opposite way. I had a probably close to a mental breakdown as it gets in the locker room at halftime. And I was freaked. I was freaked out, man. I was, it was ner anxious, nervous. Um, and you know, I kind of let myself, I kind of let myself at some point just acknowledge, I said, all right, let me get every negative thought I can out of my head. If this goes wrong, there's a hundred million people watching. Uh, I'll be the go to the, you know, the wrong kind of go to this, of this game. Um, everybody in New Orleans is going to hate me. Uh, my teammates, I'm gonna let them all down. Blah blah blah. I let it. I just let everything. I was like, think of every negative thing I could, and I got it all out of my system. And then um, I was walking around, pacing with my helmet on because I'm a. I was a total spaz. Just you know, <laughs> keep my helmet on in the locker room. And 23 years old, and I got this picture up of my old coach Frank Gann Senior, who he used to talk about the more aggressive team normally wins. And I, I saw his picture and I said, well, shit, this is pretty effing aggressive right here. And I kind of relaxed for a second. And then I thought, you know, every time coach asked me to do this in practice, I hit it how I wanted. And uh, I said, shit, if we get this, we're winning this game. Like there's no doubt. And then, you know, I kind of like, so I let myself have the negative downfall, let it all out. And then I, you know, had a little positive. And then by the time I went out for halftime, you know, I was just jacked up, adrenaline flowing. And the worst part about it is you can't go out and practice it, right? Because you don't want anybody to know it's coming. So I'm like, I'm like hitting kickoffs further than I've ever hit them in pre, you know. Of course. Right before halftime, you know, I'm talking shit to Pat McAfee saying, hey, hey, tell your, uh, tell your returner not to even bother going out there. I'm about to hammer this thing out the back of the end zone. You know, I'm playing the whole game with myself. And uh, anyways, it was, uh, it was uh, every emotion I think you could have. So. Yeah, no, it's it's one of those moments that you look back on. I think that and the the celebrating zero punts, you and Breeze pictures are two of the two of the yeah. cooler moments. That's that's your start. You guys just like it kind of became it caught on, became a thing. I feel like it. Well, yeah, we kind of made it a thing. You know, I got Drew to take a picture with me after one after the first time we did that. Maybe not the first, maybe the second. So we had one early in my career. I don't think I asked him, but later in my career we did and. And then it, he he started coming to find me after we do it again and again. I think we did it six or seven times together. So, um, yeah, it definitely became a thing. And, uh, you know, it's something definitely he would hang his hat on. That You know, that hey, hey listen, every drive that we did today either was a, you know, hopefully was all, all points or a, a kneel down at the end of half or game. Um, but, you know, we, we won all those games. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, no. Hopefully this year you got you get to do you and Rogers get to do one. It'll be a nice, you know, kind of montage montage of uh, you know zero post. Obviously, the last game I could think of where it happened out of that Bills Pats game in the playoffs a couple of years ago, where the Bills like scored a touchdown every single drive. Yeah. Do you obviously you spent last year in Miami? You spent the year before in New York and and Atlanta and everything at that. What are You've been in New Orleans for a long time. Is it different playing these different, I mean, all big cities, all very prideful fan bases? Do you notice a big difference in like 
just like going to camp, going to these games with, you know, being in different environments, obviously Florida's got its own animal in New York and New Orleans is its own as well. Yeah. Everywhere is different. You know, I would say New York, the Jets team in particular is it's a little closer to New Orleans fan base. It seems a little more blue collar, uh, a little more rowdy, a little more alcohol at the games, you know, just it's a, it's a, it's a high energy, uh, you know, somewhat irrational fan base that just loves their team and just, and they're there every Sunday. And, and there's something fun about playing for, you know, fans like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, every, every place has got their own little vibe uh, for sure. And, um, you know, I even like the two games that we won when I was in Jersey two years ago uh, was against the Cincinnati Bengals and against the Tennessee Titans. One of them was the Mike White game. And, I mean, I got to – it was it was some cool experiences to be a part of, you know. Even though the team wasn't a playoff uh, team at the time uh, or a contending team, you know, it was fun to be a part of those experiences and you felt the energy from the fans. So it was really a cool thing. Yeah. Well, who's got better food? I asked everybody this. JFM was trashing New York donuts and said that. You've got, you've, you got better food than who? Then New Orleans, my New Orleans, Florida, I guess, and, and New York. I feel like Listen, New Orleans and y'all, New York y'all, are better. You, you guys are going to, I was going to say New, New Orleans, it, you know, Per capita, you will not find better food anywhere in the world, and that is that. You'll, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna try to prove myself wrong, but I, I cannot let, uh, based on my current, you know, I've been li- living down here for almost 15 years now. Uh, the food is second to none, so I, I'm gonna definitely find myself out and about trying to find some good restaurants while I'm up in Jersey. Yeah, no, we gotta, we gotta get you some, you know, some good bacon, egg and cheeses or Taylor ham, egg and cheese and the pizza and the bagels and, the, and all that. I'm all about it. Yeah, there we go. No, a couple, a uh, couple, you know, other things here, you know, obviously how'd you kind of get into being a punter? Like, are you, were you a soccer player growing up? Kind of got into yeah, like, was, how'd that kind of work? Yeah. I was a soccer guy. My, my family's from England. Um, I, I learned to kind of punt a little bit technical work from my uncle when I was 10 or 11, uh, back in Lincolnshire in England on a vacation, but I was always, a, I played goalie when I was really young and, uh, I would do the punt pass and kick thing. It was every, every year I'd show up to the city park and try to do that. And, uh, you know, I just fell in love with, I remember the first time I had a spiral that turned over. I was in eighth grade. It was in a game. I, I'd done it in practice a few times, but I hit one in a game. I was standing in the back of the end zone. This is eighth grade. You know, you're talking about getting a snap and a punt in eighth grade. It's not easy. And I hit, I hit a 42-yard punt at the back of the end zone that's turned over, spiraled and turned over. And it was the greatest thing I had ever seen. It was like, I, I can't explain it to you. You know, it'd be like somebody like, you know, out on the golf course, eagling, chipping in from like 120 yards. And it's like, you're never going to give golf up ever again. Like, that happened for me. And, um, you know, I really struggled in high school. I had, you know, I was a late bloomer. Um, I grew 16 inches in high school. It went from five foot zero to uh, 90 pounds to six four, one eighty two. by the time I left. So I doubled my weight in high school. So I really had a hard time competing in anything. And I went out for the football team again my senior year and like slowly took over the positions. And then I thought it was over. And then, you know, some coaches were in the office talking about walking on. So I said, oh, that'd be cool. Maybe I could play on a Saturday one day. And so I walked on at SMU and uh, discovered the weight room. And, you know – within a two two and a half years put on like 45 pounds and uh was you know six four six five two twenty five and you know you do that consistently from 18 to 23 years old 
um, just committed in the weight room and the ball just started going further and higher, further and higher. And I technically had to be really good as a young player because I was so underdeveloped that I couldn't, I couldn't hang otherwise. So yeah. then when I learned most of the kids that get recruited are the really talented it's, guys. It's the opposite. It's the opposite. And then they need to hone their technique in. And, and so it was a really unique path for me, but uh, man, I wouldn't trade it. It was great. Walked on for a few years, ended up being on a, a full ride the last three seasons uh, at SMU, and um, had a just had a great ex, you know great experience, and it was great for building me into who I am. Kind of developed a callus and a toughness and a, that walk on mentality. And uh, honestly, you know, speaking, I've had a really, I mean, obviously had some disappointments in the league, but man, it's been a great run. Um, I, I really had a lot of my mountains to climb in in you know, early childhood and, and, and in college specifically. So, yeah, no, it's look, it's been, uh, you know, it's been obviously a fun journey, obviously hoping to add some more kind of more kind of things to it. You have a favorite soccer team. You still plugged in on the soccer world or, or not too much. Look, I keep up with Manchester United. That was my, when my dad moved to England, that was his first, uh, he, he remembers going to old Trafford for the first time back in like, I don't know, 1969, 1970. So, um, sorry, are you still seeing me there? Yeah, I see. Yeah, I got you. There we go. Um, so anyhow, yeah, I've always kind of followed that along with him, but I'm honestly, I've never been a huge fan of particular teams. I, I do follow players in different sports that I'm fans of. And I think that's just because of me being a pro athlete. I, you develop relationships and so you kind of follow the players more than you do the teams, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes a ton of sense. I, other sports. I mean, I'm a diehard Yankees guy and, and like Bayern Munich, but like soccer wise, outside of Bayern, like I like to just watch specific players and, and things of that yep. nature. Well, like my so boys I, happen to be big Mets fans. All right. There so we go. That'll make, that'll make, a, that'll make people happy even though, uh, you know, they're not, they're not doing well right now, but it's okay. No, they're not, but they're, they are excited to go see some Mets games. They love that team. So that's, that's going to be something else to get to experience this year. Yeah. We got, we got to get you thrown out of first pitch, do something, uh, I'm going to tell Jared. To, hey, listen, to work listen, on it. if, yeah, if, if, listen, if I play well enough that I'm throwing out a first pitch in New York, I feel pretty good about that. So <laughs> ho hopefully that happens. No, I, do you ever, do you ever look at, you know, you were talking about Pat Max. Do you ever look at kind of how Pat's just like Trent, you know, torpedoed and like become this like mega, you know, kind of media star. Do you ever like look at that and say like, Hey, I want to kind of get into the media side of things, you know, post career, or is it like good for him? Like, I'll, but at the same time, I want to spend more time with my family and stuff like that. I'm probably more on the second there. Um, I, I think there's some things that I would like to do and that I'd be good to, at doing, but, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, my, uh, you know, the, my kids still like me. Um, so um, I try to spend as much time as I can with them. And, you know, I may get behind the eight ball on some other things that I want to do uh, or could be good at, but I'm not worried about, you know, timing that up and YouTube, you know, show, YouTube shows aren't in your future I'm just gonna max this sucker out while I can play in and we'll see what happens from there last last two things here you kind of mentioned you know talking a little trash and, and things like that is there any guys like I'm obviously you know you'll see during camp and things like that but is there any guys you're kind of excited to see like is this is a guy like Sauce Gardner like a lot of the trash talking he does uh social media wise and Kind of, I, don't, I don't even keep up with it, so I got no clue. I'm, right, I'm, there we go. A, I'm, I'm showing up a blank slate. There we go. Yeah, it's honestly smart. Honestly better that way. Uh, yeah. Is there any 
Last question here. I mean, I'm sure you I can't imagine there's too many stadiums you have not played in yet. That said, is there any is there any games this year? I know every game, you know, cliche, obviously every game's different, but is there any stadiums or kind of games you have circled in terms of matchups or uh, I've got a ton a, of them circled. Set, yeah, Vegas, Vegas and Dallas always feel like the two games that from a road perspective to travel to, obviously being from Texas, things like that. Right. Yeah, I can I, imagine that game. We, we spend a lot of time in Colorado. My brother lives out there. Um, I'm looking forward to Denver, Sean Payton. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, West Sean, up, West, uh, yeah. I was going to say, all those guys. guys. So that's one. Um, the Chiefs, I've never beaten the Chiefs in my career. That and the Saints, uh, the only two teams that I don't have a win against. So uh, that'll be obviously Sunday Night Football big time. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, different players that I'm friends with on different teams. I mean, kicking off season, two New York teams, 9-11. That's I mean, that doesn't get better than that. That's, that's so cool. Uh, I'm sure they'll do something special with that. Um, yeah, I mean, going to Dallas, I, I went to SMU. Got a ton of friends there. Uh, we're playing the Eagles, NFC champs last year. Um, Chargers, my buddy's their kicker. Um, really close friend of mine, Dustin Hopkins. Um, Falcons, played for them. Get to see Coach Arthur Smith. Who I was going to say, I'm sure, I'm sure against Miami and, uh, and Atlanta, you want to hit some bombs. Yeah, well, I just want to do my job and, and uh, you know, hopefully hopefully I'm not the story. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I look forward to compete against those guys. And, you know, there's so many now that I've played on different teams now that's got a lot of connections. So Yeah, I was going to say it's probably a little yeah. easier when you're in one spot. But, no, we obviously yep. appreciate, I obviously appreciate you taking some time. I know you're doing a little bit of traveling now before you get back here yep. for uh, back here for camp. But appreciate you taking some time. Obviously, best of luck. And, and we'll hopefully we'll do it again. Maybe we'll do something at the Pro Bowl. And, you know, you won't actually be participating because you'll be playing the Super Bowl. You know, that's how we'll, uh, hey, we'll let if it If that happens, we're doing it for sure, 100%.